2: We are getting ever so closely to kickoff after a bye week. It feels like it's been forever. I don't, I don't know how we do this off season thing, because even just, uh, just through the bye week, it's like, man, I need some Husker football. Husker football returns against Indiana, of course, for a night game on BTN, uh, here in a few days. A very important uh, game for the program, so we'll dive into that a little bit. Uh, I got plenty to talk about here. I'm Jake Bakovin, He is Rico and Ricky Clary, Rico, how's it
1: doing today? Hello. Time. Yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit nonstop doing stuff since I got here, yeah. which is normal, but It's a lot, it's yeah. a lot Seems to be like you're pretty busy this morning Just a smidge, Yeah, just a smidge, Who realized some stuff yesterday, last night, so trying to get some stuff done It's fun, yeah. it's fun Fair enough. Well, we've got uh, we've got plenty to
2: bring to you today. I wanted to start uh, talking about uh, a little bit with the Huskers. Of course, there's a, this big red breakfast today, and uh, um, I was just kind of following along. Sam McEwen was kind of tweeting out some stuff of the Omaha World Herald, and uh, I thought there were some interesting quotes to kind of come out of it, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, again, this is, uh, this is Trev Alberts this morning. He said, We need to be the premier development program in the Midwest, if not all of college football. Perhaps we've lost our way in our... Our absolute commitment to elite development. As we sit back and look at the program, um, it's it's got, of course, you know, a game in front of it. it. It's you know, it's hard to do kind of the big picture view, um, but I think that that's uh, you know, it, it's good to hear that the leaders, the guy that's looking for the next head coach, and whether that's Mickey Joseph, who proves to be that guy, or, or um, you know, the, you know, the few different interviews he's going to do, he's going to be look for development, and mm-hmm. and I think that that when you when you do that. Um, Again, you know, maybe that maybe that can play into Mickey's hand because he's, you know, you look at you know what he did at LSU and stuff like that, but um, that is that is why I think this is very a very critical hire to make and might not put Mickey in the best uh, position is because I think that you need uh, somebody that's proven as far as development, and that's why some of these Midwest names, uh, like we've been saying, kind of the Matt Campbell, the Lance Leipold, and um, uh, Leipold, excuse me, and, and Chris Kleiman keep kind of coming up, but... Um, as you see it, is that is that what Nebraska football is missing first and foremost?
1: The developmental aspect yeah. of things, yeah, definitely. It's been it's been a lot of flash and not a lot of substance. And this is no disrespect to any current, former, future recruits, but it's been a lot of flash, not a lot of substance from recruiting classes and from guys that have been here at the university because you have guys who. On the recruiting trail, they're highly sought after. Everybody wants them. This and that, and they're they you know five stars, high four stars, and whatever. But once they get to Nebraska, it's like whatever they did at high school is all that they're going to they're not going to get any better from high school to college is, is what it has seemed like lately where you're getting guys who are highly sought after and, and highly thought of, but once they get here, it's just, okay, well you did all of this great stuff. So just continue to do that. We're not going to work on anything with you. And again, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody, but that's just kind of how it seemed where at Nebraska and really universities all over um, when you bring guys in, you have to, develop them you have to get them better i mean you see it at iowa you see it at wisconsin where they'll get guys who aren't five stars they'll get guys who aren't four stars they'll get three stars two stars to come in and by the end of their playing career whether that be 3 or 4 years 5 years they're playing at you know all conference all-conference second team, you know, whatever type of team levels. You know, you get guys like a J.J. Watt. Was, he was like a three-star a going into Wisconsin. He was a walk-on. He yeah. Nobody was expecting much out of J.J. Watt. And then he ended up, you know, I, I believe he was all-conference by his final year at Wisconsin. And now you see what he's done in the NFL. So, you know, guys like that where maybe they're not the the sexiest recruits. But what you can do as a coaching staff is turn them into Fantastic athletes, by way of you know, you see something in them that you believe you can work with, and you get the most out of them. That's kind of what Nebraska has to go with, as opposed to you're not going to be in Alabama where you're going to get, or in Ohio State where you get, you know, seven five stars, and, and two of them are going to play right away because they're just that good. Maybe you'll get, maybe you'll get, you know, one or two guys that that will be able to make contributions to your team, but. Those freshmen, you know, all Americans who stay at that level for their entire career where they stay at all American level for their entire career at a university are few and far between. So you need to work on turning those guys who, you know, maybe maybe Ohio State doesn't want this guy, but Iowa wants this guy and and you get in and you get him first. You have to turn that guy into you know, maybe what Iowa would have turned him into these last few years.
2: Well, and I think, too, I mean, you look at it's just that Northwestern game. I mean, it was the first game of the year, but uh, we all remember how Northwestern won that game just by um, Nebraska basically kind of being tired and, and Northwestern running the ball, was it 13 straight times, like, something like that. Something and like that draining, to end the game. Draining all the clock out. Um, it, it's, it, it's something that I think has to be addressed in the strength and conditioning um, room. And it's kind of frustrating that that's the case because when when of course this staff came in, it was all kind of making fun of the previous strength and conditioning room, and we're gonna have guys puking, and we're gonna be you know certainly there's been puking on campus. So if that's what you need, <laughs> um, we've definitely heard that throughout the Frost era. But it, it just it hasn't uh, it hasn't turned into dominant lines, and and I think that that's where you you, when you talk about development. I mean that's kind of where you need to start because some of the skill position players yeah they can be developed, but they've they've like they're naturally you know just talented. And Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of work that goes into that, too. I mean, I don't want to downplay any of their room in the weight room either, um, but... It's, it, you know, I think that that's been especially the problem. And then, of course, just just identifying um, strengths and weaknesses of your players to begin with. I mean, mm-hmm. Wandale gets out of here supposed <laughs> to be all SEC wide receiver. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have him a, him what, a running third, back. Third round? Yeah, yeah. And a, I think as, he's been a bit banged up. I've been trying yeah, to follow been, his NFL career. So yeah,
1: he's hurt, so he hasn't played much.
2: He hasn't got off to the, the best start there, but that, that's okay. I, I expect a, a long uh, future for him in the NFL. Um, but it's it's just it it feels like it's a long time coming I mean th- because that's what we point to now and that's why I continue to look and I don't know what the the future of the Big Ten is going to be I don't think divisions um as we see them now the Big Ten West is probably going to be in play here a few years from now but that that's where I continue to look at and, and you know and, and and I always have this argument with people and in and, and it's it's uh it's kind of interesting because it's now starting up there in Wisconsin um is kind of the ceiling of this approach that this kind of Big Ten West approach and mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because you see it from the Wisconsin's and the Minnesota's and the Iowa's and now Wisconsin and Iowa's have been struggling. I mean, it's not easy. It's not just commit to running the ball and have great defense. Like, you need great defensive coordinators. Like you you need, need great strength and conditioning rooms. You need eye for talent. You need, you know,
1: all this stuff. <laughs> if you're going to be a low-scoring defense first run first team, you need to be able to score because – Your defense can only hold up for so long. You can have the best defense in the nation, but if they're out there every four plays because your offense can't move, then that's going to be a problem.
2: Yeah, and it, 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 it's, it's going to pile up on him, but I, I, I think that you know I I, I think that that's uh, at least I, it makes me feel a little bit better um, that Trev Alberts kind of addressed that and said that because you always like you know you like to feel like you're on the same wavelength of the guy that's that's going out there and making the hires. So we'll kind of see about that. I mentioned Wisconsin. It's kind of interesting here because this is uh, a little bit from Scoullar and Bruss there up in Madison. Ben Bruss, a former uh, Wisconsin basketball player, if you actually remember from those uh, the Final Four teams, think he might have even been there for no sit sunday so take that ben bros i'm not sure if he was he Maybe. might have graduated the year before i can't remember uh but in any case um they are actually kind of getting tired of the big 10 west lifestyle up there in wisconsin because of paul chris um teams that he's put out lately of course several years back they're winning 11 10 games the last couple of years kind of been a struggle mm-hmm. uh here is uh ben rust and, and scousley here talking um and the frustration mounts up. It's kind, of, it's kind of enjoyable, but it's kind of interesting to look at <laughs> it's from a Nebraska funny. fan point. <laughs> yeah, fan standpoint.
0: And Russ is sad. He's getting more and more sad looking at the new stadium renderings for the Northwestern Wildcats. And looks badass? Us. 800 million privately funded bucks? That means they're investing into their football program, mm-hmm. not just into the kids, but also the place that will get the kids there. Look, I'm sad. The town gap is wide and other people are doing stuff and we're sitting there with our butts in the seat with the same damn people running the show and guess what? It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's monotonous. It's the same thing. Let's mix it up. Let's come up with some new ideas. Let's get some new people in the building. It's it's the same crap, and it and it just trickling down. Appleman of the Orchard chimes at 800-990-3776. We are seven point favorites at home <laughs> against Illinois. Seven. That is embarrassing. We used to be thirty point favorites against that crap ass school. Seven-point favorites at Camp Randall. Seven, Greg. Does that not hurt your heart? Because it makes me feel like we should even have a football program. We suck. I'm talking to my former teammates about how Purdue, Minnesota, and and there's another school in Iowa, who stinks, could potentially beat us. Iowa can't score. We suck. We need to do something. And I know we just had Tausha, and he's like, there's all these. I don't care what thing it is. Somebody do something, or else I'll knock on the door and say, do something in there. We're being left behind. Our football program's going to suck the next 20 years. Northwestern's going to pass us. Wait, they already kind of have. They won two out of the last four Big Ten West titles. We suck. <laughs>
1: So I know we talk about here about, you know, the difference in in, in what what's the word I'm looking for? The difference in expectations yeah. between Nebraska and Wisconsin and Iowa and Northwestern and the likes. But I mean you you hear it right there. Wisconsin, despite the, the I guess lesser expectations that Nebraska fans like to, to, to heap on Badger fans, they're upset. They're they're upset. Yeah. You you're you're hearing rumblings of Paul Chris maybe getting canned and <laughs> to to Nebraska fans, it I don't I don't know about other people, but to me, it's kind of like the Bo Pelini thing here at Nebraska, where you have a guy who, who's who's done good. He's he's won you yeah. games year in and year out, done
2: better than he's currently doing. Yeah, but
1: yeah. but just hasn't been able to get over the hump. Like you said, Northwestern's won two of the last four Big Ten West. Wisconsin hasn't won, and it's it's just kind of funny to hear another university that maybe we believed was beneath us, um, kind of. Struggle and be angry at the lack of of advancements that their football team that their that their academic or that their athletic department is putting forward for their football team, despite the amount of success or, or lack of success that they've been having.
2: Yeah, now they're fifteen and nine uh, over the last three seasons. Of course, that doesn't measure up to Wisconsin had been doing under Paul Chris before. Um, in two and two this season, and and of course nationally, um, embarrassed to a degree against Ohio State. Yeah. Um. They they're clearly not hitting uh, on all cylinders, but they just hired a new offensive coordinator. I mean, they are trying something, so I know Bress is yelling quite a bit, but they did try something. Not the best hire in my mind. It was not a, a previous... a guy with previous coordinator experience. Well, they but... hired
1: an offensive coordinator, but they didn't change their quarterback.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I mean, there's only so much you can do, and I think that's kind of the same thing with Nebraska's offensive line. It's like, well, why isn't
1: the offensive line better? We got a Raiola in.
2: Well, you didn't you didn't really bring in the all The same them. bodies. The same people. The
1: same bodies starting from last year.
2: So much, there's only so much you can do, but I, I think for Wisconsin, it's just interesting to hear that Um, obviously that's you know that's one guy, but like you said, it's it, it's it's kind of it's kind of getting some some legs to it. Is that that side that loud vocal maybe minority of mm-hmm. the Wisconsin fan base that is just getting upset? But again, I still and it might you know they might think that they need a more innovative offense, this and that, and, and and you know what they probably do. But again, it's it's kind of the same guys that you have there. Um, it's it sounds like a that's a program that at least has an identity um, and has kind of built themselves up under. Since Barry Alvarez and you know, uh, um, you know everybody that they've they've kind of had out there outside of Gary Anderson uh, <laughs> has kind of helped Wah-wah. lead that lead that group and, and 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 kind of keep the same identity. I don't if I'm Wisconsin, I don't necessarily know if I go away from that. You, it's the same thing for me that uh, that I dumbfounded that Nebraska did. Years yeah, Nebraska
1: ago. is a cautionary tale for for, for Wisconsin. And I think I'm I'm sure Barry Alvarez, even though he's. I don't know how involved he's not the athletic director. I don't know exactly yeah, he's what he's retired, his...
2: but he's also like, like he's, he's always still there. In, like he's still involved <laughs> with Wisconsin. So yeah. I don't know
1: exactly how much he's involved with Wisconsin, but I'm sure he can tell the Wisconsin brass. Like, look, if you want to go completely away from what you've been doing, that's gotten you success, thinking that you can you can, you know, go move on to bigger and better things. Just take a look at what happened in Nebraska. They thought the same thing. And now look where they're at. So, I mean, it could work for them. I don't know how many schools it's worked out for when you've completely switched from what's been working for you to, to go in a different direction. But if that's what Wisconsin wants to do, then, look, I'm not going to tell them no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I,
2: I think it'll be opening up for, for, you know, more teams. And, of course, we'll see if the Nebraska's in Wisconsin's pod in the future, which is what it looks like. So yeah, it, pods. It's just hard to, to predict this future and how it kind of goes out. But it certainly does. I mean, Wisconsin feels gettable. They feel... Maybe closer to the, the you know the seven seven and five type of Wisconsin teams that we see rather than the the dominant ones that we've seen from a few years ago. Does that mean Nebraska can finally get over the hump against Wisconsin? No well, idea. Nebraska's not necessarily doing well themselves this yeah. season, so um, you know that kind of remains to be seen. Uh, off the text line, I'll get to you guys this text real quick. Jory says Campbell, Lipoid, and Clayman uh, shouldn't be your top three for development. You should be saying Meyer, Aranda, and Whittingham. Uh, everybody's got their favorites. I'm just telling you that's the, the national search that. That's kind of what they throw out as the Midwest guys. Uh, don't get me wrong. I would love Urban Meyer. Probably Dave Aranda and, and Whittingham probably more than any of those guys. But I don't
1: think you're prying Whittingham away from Utah. I don't yeah. think Urban Meyer is coming to Nebraska. So I guess you could go with those four.
2: And Dave Aranda's going to be tough to get away from Baylor. I think, yeah.
1: Too. Again, we don't know how much he's being paid yeah. because Baylor's a private institution and they don't have to make that public. But they've
2: been building a lot of nice buildings over there over the last Look, several years.
1: If you've seen Baylor's campus, it looks nice. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that and I mean the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, SEC money thing um, that kind of dominated the offseason narrative. Um, it, it it's there. Don't get me wrong, but. As long as college football playoffs leaven everybody else in, there's money to be made in maybe money if you're yeah. Dave Aranda, rather than trying to rebuild Nebraska and fight amongst the, amongst the giants. Maybe you you keep the same money Baylor's allowing you to get <laughs> and be one of the top dogs in the Big Twelve. Have you seen the latest route to the playoffs?
1: Have you seen the latest Big Twelve teams m- mock up? It's got them taking both the Arizona schools, <gasps> BYU and Utah. I mean, they're getting BYU. Yeah, getting Utah, getting both of the Arizona schools. Uh, and then there was another one somewhere out there, uh, out west, that they were going to grab. So, you know, there's, there's rumors that I think it's the four California schools go to the Big Ten and then the rest of the big – or two of the, the two California schools and then I think Washington and Oregon go to the Big yeah. Ten and then kind of the rest of the Pac-12 goes to the Big 12. Except for Colorado. Uh, I don't know where Colorado's going to go.
2: Every year will be different, and Colorado has to show a heartbeat before anybody's interested. <laughs> yeah, it's the problem there's there. There is that. To the uh, Mountain West with you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll get to more of your techs, talk more college football. Coming up next year on the Ticket Water Cooler.